Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Thanks for listening to the Best of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go. 24 hours away from the draft. Warriors, Lakers, big games tonight. Knicks as well. What a day live in L.A. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Ohio State football coach Ryan Day going to be joining us in one hour. J-Mac tonight and tomorrow night. Tonight we get the Knicks, the Warriors, the Lakers, um, you know, at the end of yesterday's show, I was talking a couple days ago about I was hearing some trade stuff done and then the Jets percolated. We may have something later today, Ooh. an NFL trade. Really? Percolating. Jeez. Not finalized. This is definitely a busy 48 hours with four NBA, three potential elimination games tonight. Draft tomorrow. I'm fired up. I know. Next, I told my wife, 48 hours. Make soup. I'm not leaving the house <laughs> for the next two days. So Aaron Rodgers, the video's out this morning. He's in the Jets facility. It's pretty cool. It's going to be at least nine great months. A lot of smiles. The owners, Robert Sala, the GM. It's an exciting time. Now, Richard Sherman still does not like the way Green Bay handled it, even though it was going to end pretty soon anyway. Richard Sherman, former NFL great podcaster with The Volume, said this. I don't think Jordan Love is quarterback of the future, Green Bay. You, did, you had a great quarterback for 30 years. Good job. Welcome to mediocrity. I guarantee you every NFC North team is excited to see Jordan Love. Ecstatic. Nobody will fear you going forward. Understand that. There is not a game somebody's going to see the Green Bay Packers in without Aaron Rodgers in the jersey. And have fear for you. That's true. But it was going to end very quickly anyway. Aaron's words. I was 90% out of the darkness retreat going to retire. So Green Bay said we can get a couple of great draft picks. They did. Or Aaron retires and we get none. 
We're pretty good at the draft and development thing. Let's get some draft picks. It's going to end anyway. What's the old saying? Pigs get fed. Hogs get slaughtered. We're just going to end it a year early. We could get nothing. Let's get something. And something really good. A first-round pick maybe. A couple of second-round picks. Outside of John Elway with the Broncos. And maybe Derek Jeter with the Yankees. Anything that's ever been great for a long time in sports almost never ends gracefully. Michael Jordan and the Bulls ended with animosity. Brady and Belichick's dynasty ended with animosity. Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson ended with animosity. Farvin Green Bay, Dan Marino in Miami ended with turbulence. I mean, all Laker fans will tell you, Jerry West, Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, all of those end bumpy in L.A. All of them, even Jerry West. He was Mr. Laker. So that's the way it ends. Even the Beatles ended with turbulence, ugly, animosity. Maybe it's men needing control, needing leverage, a pat on the back. But I look at the Jets and I'm like, hey, it's not going to last very long. This is a one or a two-year deal. A lot of smiles. Can't wait to watch it. But this stuff always ends poorly. Green Bay simply said, listen. We can get greedy here and try to squeeze every ounce of juice out of this thing with Aaron Rodgers. Or we can get a couple of great picks, give this kid we moved up to get a couple of years ago, give him a fighting chance. We'll know by Thanksgiving if he can play. He's been in the building three years. Our guess is he can play. We're not exactly sure. We don't think he's Mahomes. He's not Zach Wilson. But the reality is it a little bit like all commodities – you want to get greedy and get every last ounce out of it? Yeah, the Bulls could have brought everybody back for one more run. But they were old. They were wearing on each other. The GM didn't like the star. The star was didn't like the owner and the GM. So the Packers got about as much as you can get out of two quarterbacks, Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Both times, they moved off in the end, and they've been fine. And my guess is they'll probably be a little less then fine going forward, but I get it. It was ending anyway. Okay, so now officially, uh, the Carolina Panthers have the number one pick, and there is a consensus in the building. Uh, and the Will Levis rumors continue. But here's the thing. Everybody in the building now, and, and the betting markets have moved toward Bryce Young. But here's the thing I was thinking about this morning. So Frank Reich, a former NFL quarterback, he's really, really good at doing something. He's really good at taking a big, strong quarterback who's got a little bit of a wild side and polishing him up. Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. All three big, strong guys. Two can move really well, and they all had a wild streak. So if you look at Andrew Luck, his year with Frank Reich, he completed 67% of his throws in a passer rating of almost 99. Andrew Luck, if you take out that year, completed about 60% of his throws. So look at Andrew Luck. I'm showing the TV audience now with and without Frank Wright. Completion percentage, passer rating, significantly better. All right, let's take Phillip Rivers. That one year with Frank Reich, again, he's got a wild side. Charger fans would tell you that with Phillip Rivers. He had 11 picks. If you look at Philip Rivers' career, he averaged over 14 picks. So it was a very old Philip Rivers that wasn't athletic, but he cleaned Philip Rivers up. 
And then you look at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, the year before Frank Reich had him, had 15 picks. Frank Reich cut it in half, down to seven picks. So if you look at what Frank Reich's history is, give me a big, strong quarterback who's got a wild side, and I'll polish him up. And that's why the Will Levis rumors from a Reddit board are interesting. That's exactly what Will Levis is. That's exactly what he is. Smart, big, athletic with a wild side. And remember, Frank Reich looks at a Bryce Young and says, I can't make him bigger and stronger. He's already polished. I can't make him any bigger and stronger. And that's why there were rumors early on Anthony Richardson with the number one pick. That's what Frank does. He refines it, cleans it up, polishes. But I think a lot of people, the ones I've talked to, just think Anthony Richardson is, he's got so far to go. Will Levis doesn't have that far to go. So, you know, I don't go to Reddit boards. I had to ask the staff about Reddit boards this morning. They told me Reddit boards are about as accurate as responses on Twitter. <laughs> and that's why I don't go to Reddit boards. They're message boards. I got no interest. But that doesn't mean occasionally somebody doesn't have a gem on Bitcoin or a celebrity divorce or somebody knows somebody and apparently Will Levis has told people, somebody in his family tells somebody on a Reddit board, I'm going number one. I get the rumor. I absolutely get the rumor because Frank Reich is a teacher and a mentor. There's nothing he can do with Bryce Young's size. I mean, Tua is small. Bryce Young is smaller. And Jalen Hurts and Russell Wilson were a little, little undersized, but they're thick. Bryce Young's slender. I mean, when you watch this video right now, this is college football. He looks tiny. <laughs> There's nothing Frank Wright can do. He can't do anything with that. So I think Bryce Young is the best college quarterback and the best high school quarterback over the last six years of video I have seen, high school and college. He's ready to play. But even I, as a fan, have said, I don't think he lasts 10 years. I don't think he lasts eight. I think you're looking at a guy that stabilizes Carolina, accurate, smart, moves well, sees the field, and that bad division can win games immediately. That's what I see. But Frank Reich, there's, there's just certain things he can't do with Bryce Young, and I think he looks at that arm with Will Levis and that size with Will Levis and that athleticism with Will Levis, and I bet they've had real arguments in the room about it. Here's Frank Wright yesterday talking about uh, the conversation he had this week with GM Scott Fitter. He actually said, came in my office uh, yesterday at some point and, and asked the question. You know, it's kind of like a proposal of sorts, you know. Um, but, <clears throat> and I said yes. <laughs> no, there is consensus and we're excited. I wouldn't say there's any drastic change of mind, but there's ebbs and flows of how much you like a guy. Um, and that's why you have to resist the temptation to make your mind up too early. Take it day by day. Go on these visits. Watch tape. Go through the process. Um, continue to evaluate and talk it through. So I would take Bryce Young. J-Mac, who would you take? I do believe there is an argument. I said this. If you squint hard enough, you can see a little bit of Andrew Luck with Will Levis. I, I get Jim Ursay seeing it. I get Frank Wright seeing it. Like, I, I get you look and you're like, smart, big arm, mobile, didn't win a ton of games in college, but wasn't surrounded by a lot of NFL guys. 
That's an Andrew Luck story, too. I would take Bryce Young. You? Yeah, I know you're not going to like this answer. I wouldn't take any of the quarterbacks one. I don't think any of them are worthy of their number one pick. I don't think any of them are going to set the world on fire. I know you have to take a quarterback <laughs> if you don't have one. You're like, oh, we got to take one. But at this point, it just feels, Colin, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't love any of these three I get guys. It. And it's difficult to talk a coach and a front office and a billionaire into, hey, next year's the year. Let's, sir, let's get all the pieces in place and then go for a quarterback next year at the top. I don't love any of these guys, Colin. No, I think that's a very fair opinion. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So J-Mac's favorite, Trey Young, 38 points. Felt like about half were in the fourth quarter. Atlanta shot their way to a win. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm watching this series now. I, I, Boston's the better team. I don't understand why it's 3-2. I don't understand why these games are as close. I've watched parts of every one of these games, and I'm always drawn to the same stuff, is that all the concerns with the Celtics last night we saw him again. Jason Tatum shrinks. One for ten on threes. Rookie head coach. Did he get out coached by a veteran head coach? Quinn Snyder. Uh, they couldn't stop a red-hot point guard like they couldn't stop Steph Curry in the finals last year. Uh, who's their real leader? Jalen Brown was the star last night. When you watch the Celtics play, these are the concerns, and they all rear their head last night. The series shouldn't be this close. They're dominating the glass, controlling the glass. They have 274 points in the paint. They have two legit stars. We don't even know if Atlanta players like Trey Young. Why didn't they embrace him after the three-point shot? Everybody seems to love Boston's two. Uh, they have, they're one of the best passing teams because this group's been together forever. They're a better defensive team. So even when the Celtics win, why are they leading by like five or six points late in games? 
it doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe it's this simple with the Celtics. We've seen it for three years. They're just different variations of pretty good. They don't have a turbo boost like the Warriors do led by an all-timer Steph. They don't have a turbo boost like the Heatles had led by LeBron and D. Wade. Most great teams, all-time great teams, have two great players. Bird and McHale, Duncan and Parker, uh, LeBron and Wade, and Shaq and Kobe, and Steph and KD. The question is, do the Celtics have one? This series shouldn't be close. Better defense, dominating on the interior, uh, playing together for years, great culture. Everybody likes everybody. I mean, you watch when Trey Young hits that shot. Why doesn't anybody hover around him for the Hawks? Do they even like him? Rumors he's going to be sent packing. It shouldn't be this close. And I think the question becomes, everybody likes Jason Tatum. But again last night, I feel like Jalen Brown's the more aggressive alpha in the relationship. Who do I want taking big shots? And I've been saying this all season. It's a weird way to go. Shaq and Kobe, when they were together, were the two best closers in the league. You had the best interior closer and the best perimeter closer. And that was a problem. I mean, even though they won championships, it was it was combative. Here, I'm like, well, neither one's the best perimeter closer or interior closer. They're both very good wing closers, but I'm not sure people in the room absolutely believe Jason Tatum's always the best wing closer. I don't know. I watch that game and I and I and I come down to once again. They're just good. Where's the turbo boost? Why can't they put this team away? I mean, they get a little sloppy. Their star has an off night shooting and they're losing at home to an Atlanta team. I mean, Atlanta was hot, but it just it doesn't make a lot of sense on paper. Here's Jalen Brown after. I think that, you know, we had some bonehead plays, some fouls, and you know, um, gave them some opportunities to to get going. Uh, we just got to finish the game. Our mindset, uh, for whatever reason, you know, we missed some shots, but you know, we just let the game get away from us a little bit, and they just hit shot after shot down the line. And you give a team life, you know, then you you leave it up to chance, and that's what we did tonight. I don't know. Steph Curry called a timeout. And they didn't have a timeout. Warriors missed lots of shots. And they're still beating, I consider, a much better team in Sacramento over Atlanta. Are the Celtics just good? We've seen the ceiling. There's no turbo boost. There is no there beyond what they currently are. Because I watch this series and I can't figure it out. They should be clobbering this team. This series should be over. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So uh, the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets, and again, for our TV audience, there's all sorts of video. Aaron walking into the Jets' facilities, got the Jets' hoodie on, a lot of smiles. He's got a press conference today. Aaron Rodgers' trade means the Cowboys' Dak Prescott now holds the title that doesn't really seem possible. This is crazy. So here's the top five longest-tenured quarterbacks along with when they made their first start. This is just crazy that it's these five guys. Dak Prescott is now the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL week one of 2016. Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, who feels like he's been in Minnesota forever, right? Uh, Josh Allen, who's still a pup, and Lamar Jackson. We don't know where it's going to go. So here's what it feels like to me. The more valuable the quarterback position has become in the NFL, 
uh, the quicker the hook. You're not going to sit there with average. It just means too much. The strange thing is the maverick, the big risk taker, the contrarian, Jerry Jones, is doubling down on the opposite. He wants stability with Dak. And I was thinking about this this morning. When Jerry Jones took a big swing and moved off Jimmy Johnson, he's 50. Jerry's 80. Jerry's in the buying yachts phase of his wealth. He's enjoying the riches of it. And since Dak Prescott has become the quarterback in 2016, the Cowboys' win percentage is tied for sixth. Dak's good for business. Dak is polarizing. That's good for business. Dak wins 10 games annually and vies for his division title. That's good for business. Dak is loyal to Jerry Jones. That's good for business. Jerry is out of the big swing business. He talks a good game, but that was Jerry at 50 and 55 and maybe 60. He was ascending his fortune, his net worth. Jerry now is one of the richest people in the face of the earth. He's buying yachts. As long as the Cowboys are viable, the money's rolling in. He stacked chips, low interest bonds. There's no reason to take a big swing. And Dak Prescott wins you 10, keeps you on TV. Actually, there's an argument that his polarized, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow, and there's two of those on the planet, right? Dak is in that next group. He's a grown up, he's not going to get in trouble. He's kind of polarizing. He gets discussed. You can win the division. So I just think Jerry's moved into a different phase. And as the rest of the league is moving off people, Jerry's like, I want my, I want my former Cowboys on TV. I got Aikman on ESPN now. I got, uh, you know, I got Tony Romo's on CBS. Dak keeps me in the discussion. Never forget the Green Bay Packers in the 80s before Brett Favre went about 15 years and nobody talked about him. And Jerry wants to get talked about. He's not 50, he's 80. I, I think he is viewed as such a big risk taker. I don't think he is anymore. I, th- I think it's about stability. And Dak is tied for sixth in winning percentage since he started. What you don't want to be in this league is god-awful at quarterback. That is what you don't want to be. Um, Ryan Day, Ohio State football coach, joining us next hour at the very top. So um, you saw the Phoenix Suns won last night. Uh, forget balanced scoring. Booker had 47, and uh, DeAndre Ayton had 21, and uh, uh, you know Kevin Durant's in the 30s. They don't really do balanced scoring in Phoenix. They have literally no bench. But the Clippers season now is over again. But there's, there is a lot of good news here. There's four things that are good news for the Clippers. And we don't talk Clippers very much because they're the number two brand in their own building. Here's the good news is that they don't have an owner issue. They don't have um, a city issue. They're not in a small market. Uh, They don't have a coach issue. Those are big barriers in the NBA to winning. So they got the right owner, the right coach, and the right city. Free agents like LA. Secondly, this is good news. Westbrook's a free agent. So you got the very best Russell Westbrook over the last several years, but you can move off him. Last night, again, another awful Westbrook shooting night. You got the very best of Russell Westbrook, but he moves off. Number three is Paul George and Kawhi only have one year left. You're not, it's not one of these NBA or baseball deals where you're tied with guys for years and years. And the other thing is, and I think this is a big part of it, number four is everybody knows what the issue is, Kawhi's body. 
Maybe Kawhi, he's just, it's not going to work. We said yesterday, he's Jimmy Butler, except never available. But everybody in the building knows what the issue is. It's not the coach. It's not the owner. It's not the city. It's not the roster. It's not the executives. It's not the scouts. The Clippers are very, very well run. God, they brought Westbrook in and we all shrieked. We're all like, this is, that's the best Westbrook I've seen in a long time. Westbrook even worked. I mean, every other game. And then every other game, he's three for 18. But you got the very best of Westbrook and old Westbrook. And he's a free agent and moves on. Good for him. But a lot of times when companies struggle, there's a lot of businesses that are like the salvage business, like, like, like real estate, real estate billionaires. Okay, it's a bad move. It didn't work. You try to salvage it. Uh, retail. All right, that didn't move. Let's lower the price. Let's salvage it. But Steve Ballmer's a tech guy. In tech, you don't necessarily try to salvage stuff. You dump it. Google Glass didn't work. What was the Quibi? Didn't work. Get rid of it. Tech, tech billionaires tend to move off stuff if it doesn't work. Let's move off it. It's like, yeah, Disney, Metaverse. Yeah, it's not going to work. We're out. Steve Ballmer, I don't think he's going to try to salvage Kawhi Leonard. I, I think it's over. They may have to keep him for a year, but I don't think he's going to try to salvage it or talk himself into it. That's not Steve Ballmer. Where a billionaire comes from matters. Steve Ballmer comes from a world that you take big swings, and if it doesn't work, you move on. You don't pout. You don't try to salvage it. You move on. It didn't work. It's okay. Facebook's had bombs. Uh, I mean, they've all had bombs. Google's had bombs. They've all, they've all had big swings. Apple, stuff that just doesn't work. You move on. You forget about it. You don't try to make the most you can out of it. And I think that's where the Clippers are. I think everybody in the building knows what the issue is. The foundational pieces are excellent. <laughs> they just Their star's never healthy. Uh, the word came out today, what was it, an MCL? Like it's it, uh, a meniscus tear. What are you going to do? He was hurt. Couldn't play. It wasn't a load management situation. So, I mean, again, there's a lot of businesses where salvaging something that didn't work is really part of the fabric of the business. I think Ballroom is just going to get out of this thing eventually. Whenever he can, the first minute he can, he's going to take another big swing into his new arena. Think I'm nuts? Who's taking Kawhi Leonard, who is always hurt? Like, who wants okay, him? Let, Who's let, willing to take a swing at him? Do we have any teams that no, we can I'll, I'll give you an, I keep saying this. You know, I, I said this. If the Warriors lose this series and they're sitting there thinking, we got to find somebody on Steph's timeline, I could see them going and getting AD and saying, AD's got about two more big years left with his health. Steph's got two to three years left. It's all timeline. Let's say the Celtics, a prime example, the Celtics. So Al Horford's old. And Jason Tatum, and you, you, Marcus Smart plays a lot. Brown plays a lot. Jason Tatum plays a lot. You don't need a fourth star who plays a lot. You need a guy that's an alpha and gets a bucket or a stop. So what if Boston loses again? What if Philadelphia looks around and it's like, how do we get past Milwaukee? How do we get past Boston? If you have a team where, you, you know, I'll throw this out there. Dallas. Dallas oh. gets 75 games. Oh, don't do that to Luka, please. No, let me ask you. Wait, don't do that to Luka. Time out. Let me throw this at you. Kawhi doesn't need the ball. 
Kawhi can get the ball and shoot. Well, forget about not needing the ball. He doesn't play, Colin. What? He's never available. But when he does play, oh come on! Hey, aren't you aren't you one of the guys? LeBron now plays fifty games a year. That's what you get with yeah, LeBron. Yeah, that's like double what Kawhi plays. Well, no, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, again, Kawhi missed a previous season. He, he's going to give you about fifty games. That's what LeBron gives you. How many games? Yeah, but does- at least you know when LeBron shows up at the arena, he's not going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm taking the night off. Okay. You tell me that Kawhi does all right. this all the time. So, so this is perfect. So Kawhi isn't your star. Dallas has one. Philadelphia has one. By the way, Miami has one. So what is Kawhi? Your two or your three? Kawhi comes in like in San Antonio and Toronto. You don't build your foundation or your culture around him. He's a hired gun. Comes in. Get a basket, get a stop, 50 games a year. Jimmy Butler plays hurt all the time and is available. So is Bam. So if you have an established culture and an established star, preferably one that plays 70 games a year, he's fine. Everybody loves LeBron. He's playing 50 games a year. This AD's is an, playing 55 games a year. This is amazingly optimistic from you on Kawhi Leonard. A nonverbal star who... Is always hurt. Okay. Maybe he's got some degenerative okay. knees. Or, I, don't, okay. I don't know what's going on. Look, look, he never plays. Philadelphia has got a highly verbal star, meaning nobody's going to care about Kawhi's. You, you, Embiid takes all the oxygen from the press room. Doc Rivers, very verbal. You don't need your other guy to be. You've got Maxie's going to give you 70 games. So if you have a verbal, communicative leader, a culture's built, a veteran coach, and what you need is a bucket and a basket 50 nights a year, there's value in that. Think about all the people we defend. Embiid, how many games does he give you a year? Don't say we. I'm not an Embiid guy. How many games a year do you get from him? 60? 55? By the way, the Celtics screwing around last night and losing? Embiid now gets two extra days to possibly come back. Remember, Doc Rivers, like, he may not be ready I don't know. Now the series is pushed back because the Celtics couldn't close out Atlanta. So I'm just not as bullish on Kawhi Leonard as you. And remember, if you're a coach, you want to deal with that every night? Like just the stress of knowing, Jesus, Kawhi going to need the night off? Again, but if I have Luka, who I know plays every night, again. Didn't we do that with Porzingis? Guy who's always hurt? I just, it's a tough sell pawning Kawhi Leonard off on me. When I know this guy's got a rich injury history. He doesn't talk. I think more of these old guys. Kevin Durant's got a rich injury injury history. He shows up and delivers. Sometimes. Oh. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. All right, we're going to play high-low game. We do this before every draft for the first-round quarterbacks. So you take a quarterback, at his best, what could he be? And if it doesn't work, what could he be? So it's the high-low game with the first-round quarterbacks, potentially. There's, there's Obviously, there's Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He may go late first. Many think second. But quarterbacks these days, you know, you get to the end of a draft, you don't know what happens. So let's play the high-low game. Let's start with um, Bryce Young. I think his high is Tua, which he's a small athlete, super accurate, great kid, throws with timing, accuracy, and anticipation, um, you know, comes from the same program. His low is a very mature Johnny Manziel. They're almost the same size. You say what you want, but Manziel was 6'1", 205. Bryce Young is 6 feet, 194. And when Johnny Manziel came in the league, it was very obvious after about a half, he's just too damn small. He just wasn't big enough. That's my concern with Bryce Young. He looks small in college. What is he going to look like in the NFL? Upside is to a downside of very mature Johnny Manziel. C.J. Stroud. To me, the high is Jared Goff. They're virtually the same size. And the low is Josh Rosen. So you get a kid that comes into the league with Jared Goff. Same size. 6'3", 215. Goff was 6'4", 215. Accurate. Excellent mechanics. Premium on accuracy. That was Goff. That was Rosen. That's C.J. Stroud. But Rosen gets banged up. He can't give you anything off script. And in the end, it just doesn't work. It should work, and it doesn't work. Josh Rosen comes from high-profile UCLA, and you find out early it's not working. So the high is Jared Goff, who won a lot of games with the right offensive coach, the low Josh Rosen. Let's go Will Levis. To me, the high is Jay Cutler. The low is Jameis Winston. Cutler, almost the same size. But Cutler had 36 college picks. Levis has 25. The low is Jameis Winston. He had 28 college interceptions. Where the thing with Jay Cutler you like, Will and Jay are smart kids. 
They received offers from Ivy League schools, impressive physical traits, big, big cannon for an arm, but both questionable passing instincts. They need to refine their mechanics. So I think upside for Will Levis, SEC guy Jay Cutler, who played at a non-football power Vanderbilt, and the low is Jameis Winston. They just never correct fundamental judgment and mechanical and passing mistakes. Anthony Richardson. The upside is Justin Fields. The downside is Trey Lance. The downside being he's just not very accurate throwing the football and is not an anticipation thrower. The upside, he's an explosive athlete. 40-inch vertical at the combine, humble and hardworking. That, you know, Richardson set a quarterback record with a 40-inch vertical. Field set an NFL quarterback record for rushing yards in a game. They are extraordinary athletes. You wonder about their accuracy, and you also wonder with all that movement, do they get banged up? So the high-low on that is Justin Fields, who I think is going to work, and Trey Lance, who appears that he's not going to. Um, by the way, Hendon Hooker. It's hard for me on Hendon Hooker because there's so much. He, I'm going to do high-low game. High is Geno Smith, low Jacoby Brissett. In that Geno Smith, Hooker led the SEC in completion percentage last year, and Geno led the NFL in completion percentage. Is that Hendon Hooker, like Geno Smith, and I'm talking about the Geno Smith now, comes in, mature, sits in the pocket, throws a beautiful ball, can accurately throw it. He can move a little bit. Gino can move a little. Hendon can move. Um, in the downside, Jacoby Brissett, you'd like a little more juice. And um, maybe you just got the best of him in college. And there's no kind of next level at the NFL game for Hendon Hooker. One more herd. The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. 14 years in the NFL, played behind Drew Brees, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith. You have had one career, undrafted, by the way. Yep. So when you saw Brock Purdy last year as a seventh-round pick, uh, you're probably thinking, seventh-rounder, what a steal. Let's go to – let's start with the quarterback rooms. I've heard this time and time again, Chase, about you. Get Chase in your quarterback room. You were yep. just in Justin Herbert's quarterback room. Um for the average fan, I, I've, I've always said personality matters a lot. Temperament. Yep. Yep. And let's take Herbert, Breeze, Stafford. Let, let's start with Drew Breeze. Yep. What was the quarterback room like with him? I mean, if, well, my first year, think about this, it was Drew Breeze and Mark Brunel, who's now you know quarterback coach for Detroit, but like two living legends. And I'm coming over from Washington, and I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be like in a quarterback room. So it was awesome. The time there was amazing. I mean, I was like their little brother. So I would always get, I'd always be the one that gets picked on. They'd right. always give me crap. They'd always do this. They'd always make me go do donuts. But I served my time, had a good, had a good time with it. And then when Mark left in 09, um, or after 09, 2010, I won the backup job yeah. and was there with Drew for three more years. And, yeah. And it was it was great. I mean, he just he taught me a lot about the game. He taught me everything sort of I knew. Taught me the routine. I thought I watched a lot of film, you know, before before we went in. And then seeing him and what he's able to do, and and that whole coaching staff just really, it really set the tone for for my NFL career. So then you've also been in a situation where you have a great quarterback and the wrong coach, Matt Patricia, good guy. But when you and I, and and so as fans are watching this. 
When you hire a coach and it's not the guy, yeah. did you know instantly with Patricia Stafford and the Lions? Well, um, Matthew and I are, are close friends, so him and I are like tight. So it was cool. We both grew up in Dallas. He played high school ball the same I, I, time I did, like 20 miles down the road. He played at Highland Park. I played at Southlake. So we had that going for us. And I came in the third year of the Matt Patricia realm. And so you could tell, like immediately walking in, that it, there was something off. And, and and not in like a horrible way because I was excited about it. It was a good deal. I you thought could we could be good. It. You could sense it when you walked in the building, um, and that's why I think Dan Campbell is so welcome there. Like in the ownership, he's just such a different hire than Matt Patricia. Now Matt Patricia is a great guy, awesome guy. At times he struggled to communicate with the team. Um, and, and listen, I was only with him for four or five times, like yeah. four or five games before he got fired. Daryl Bevel took over, but. Um, I had a good time there. It was a learning experience for sure, but yeah. you could tell like it was toward the end of, of his time there. Okay, there's been a lot of speculation. Brandon Staley's young. Get a new guy. You were in with Justin Herbert. Uh, you hear varying stories. You're in that quarterback room. Um, the When rumors came out, players were a little semi-mutiny on Brandon Staley. The older veterans didn't buy it. What were you making of those rumors? Um, that, that that they weren't true, really, because because in in my time there, which was two years, um, at the start of the Brandon Staley era for for LA, uh, he's been nothing but amazing. He and we were talking about this earlier. Like he's just he's very um, he's a go getter. First of all, like guys love that. He's a players' coach. And what do I mean by player? Everyone talks about players. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he listens to the players. He takes advice from the players. But overall, like he's going to make the decision. There's no pointing fingers. There's no um, any of that, it's, it, he takes full accountability for all of his actions and he tries to put the players in the best light possible. You know, we went through some ups and downs there. Uh, and when you know, started last year, we weren't winning a lot of games. He just, he kept us together, you know, did well. Everyone was calling for, you know, his head when we lost to Jacksonville. And, and, and I, I get that, but I think they're going to do something special this year. I, I, I do. I mean, you know, they go in, bring Kellen Moore in. Um, he's a defensive guru. Our defense started playing really well at the end of the year. At when the it was end healthy. of the year, when we got healthy, yeah. And a lot of people understand this. Like Justin was not healthy most of the year. We we knew that with the ribs, yeah. everything. It affects the, the labrum, like all that stuff. Like it affects how you. Um, are as a quarterback and and there was a lot of factors that play there so I didn't necessarily think even from the inside the inside story right like I didn't think the criticism was fair all right let's go to the draft let's talk about size so you're about six one six so, foot okay six yeah, feet because I'm six one and a half yeah. and I'm slightly taller yeah and about 225 yep um and I've said this before I Bryce Young looks small in college so you tell me the first time you're a, you're a 225, 230 pound guy. Yep. You got some pudding. That, I want yep. my quarterbacks to have pudding. Yeah. Trent Dilfer yeah. said that. Get some padding on him. Yeah. You go to your first year. The hits feel different. Are you concerned about Bryce Young's size? Well, the game is much faster. We talked about it. the game in general is much faster. I'm not necessarily concerned about um, how tall Bryce is. Like there's, there's quarterbacks that can do that. It's not necessarily the size that, that matters as far as, you know, how tall you are. What I am a little bit worried about, and we talked about this, was the size of how much he weighs. One eighty-five. So, One eighty-five. Now he measured. Now he he measured two hundred nine, two ten at the combine, right? Something like that. He must have drank a ton of water, ate a ton of food, or something. Like he just on. Like you're seeing it here. He does not look like he's two hundred nine. Now we talked about this a lot. How is he going to respond to the stresses of the NFL season? And what I mean by that, he's going to be working out a lot. The mental stress, the emotional stress, everything about that weighs in. You're going to lose some weight. 
You're going to lose weight. You're going to get back to what you probably played at a college, which I'm guessing is, you know, soaking wet, 185, yep. which isn't super small. It's not big for a quarterback. Now, yeah. is he going to be the Lamar Jackson type where he doesn't take hits? We haven't seen him take a lot of hits in college. Right. Or is he going to be, you know, we talked about this, the Justin Herbert first or second year just running over people. I don't think he's going to be that. He's got to protect. Um, and, and he's I mean, he's the best quarterback in the draft. It's not even close in my opinion. And so, if you're Carolina and you're taking him, you gotta you gotta be able and you gotta be aware of hey his size, protecting him and also from day one say you gotta get down if you are in trouble. So Anthony Richardson is the best athlete. Um, I, one of the things that worries me, he misses a lot of layups. Is yeah. that you gotta get about seven layups? I saw this early with Zach Wilson. You can't miss stuff in the flat. It's got to be ten out of ten. Yeah, the, the league gives you about seven of those a game. You gotta complete those. Got to, and then half of the other tough throws. So yeah. you get to about 64%, you're fine. Have you ever seen guys that come in and are inaccurate? I think Niners having an issue with Trey Lance and become accurate. I mean, you tell me. What well, have you jo seen? Josh Allen, Wyoming, okay. was not super accurate um, in college. Now, was it the win? Was it Wyoming? I don't know. When I look at Anthony Richardson, I, I look at like premier athlete. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's, he's probably going to go in the first round and he's going to be great, but he hasn't had a lot of time playing the game. And like you said, we sort of break it down. Like what we do, at least at the chart, you break it down like, Hey, zero to eight yards throwing, throwing depth then eight to 20, then 20 plus the 20 plus you, if you complete 30% of your balls, 20, 25 yards on the field, that's really good. Right. In intermediate, you want to be at 65, 70, and you better be under, or you better be over 95% on that zero to eight. And that's what I see a lot of missing. And, and you're, you're spot on, and there is a lot of misses. Now, I don't know the scheme plays into it. I don't know how all the other uh, you know, circumstances, he played with really good skill player, but he is a guy to me that I don't think, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't think he's going to come in and play right away. He's going to be that uh, Aaron Rodgers sit, sit a year or two or the Patrick Mahomes sit a year learn. Um, you got to be willing. If you're investing a first-round pick in this guy as an NFL GM, as an NFL organization, you better be ready to teach him and to, to let him to let him learn and to let him sit. I, you know, He might be pressed into action, but I just it's going to be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. Um, so Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, and and it's it, we were talking this yesterday. New York's fascinating. So when you come into New York as a star, A. Rod, Carmelo Anthony, John Carlos Stanton, when you come at Jeremy Shockey or Mark Sanchez, were college stars. <laughs> yep, it's always bumpy. When you come in, Aaron Judge, Eli Manning, Derek Jeter, and you kind of strong families, kind of low profile. You may have grown up in smaller towns. It tends to work yeah. because New York adds so much energy. If you're already a star, I mean, There's no doubt. It, it's like it's it's hard. Yeah. And so the guys that have you know kind of quiet personalities, Eli, Jeter, Aaron Judge, walk in, not sure exactly what you have. All of a sudden, become stars in New York. It's different. So Aaron comes in. There's a vaccine stance. There's the big personality. Yep. There is the I'm going to retire. Um, this thing could get inflamed very quickly. How do you think, what does it look like in year one? Well, <laughs> what a great question. And I love the Eli Manning thing because he was just so quiet. Now you see him like blossoming. That's right. After the game's done because he's actually got out of his comfort zone and actually he's really funny in my opinion. Yeah. But getting back to A-Raj, I, I just think that 
Um, great point by you, but it's it's hard to fit into a market like that because there's so much scrutiny. There's so much pressure on every single thing that you do. I was in Philly for one year. Philly's like crazy, crazy. media. I would almost say almost crazier well, than New York. I think I think it is because I think they want to prove they're tougher than New York. Yes. So the talk radio's angry. Yes. Yes. Well, in general, the whole city's angry, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but I remember my first practice, Doug Peterson's first year, first practice, Carson Wentz, Sam Bradford, myself, were the quarterback room. This is before Sam got traded away to Minnesota in 2016. I remember there were a hundred beat writers, pool reporters on the sideline. And I look over to our media guy at the time and I said, are those like fans, like just extra? Oh no, that that's media. I go, for for what? It was an OTA practice. I go, for what? Oh, just to cover the team, whatever. We go, it's an OTA practice, mind you. Helmets, that's it. We go in, they charted every single one of our throws, misses, touchdowns, incompletion, all that stuff. And I go, are you crazy? So you got to imagine like that's the type of scrutiny, if not more, that Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, oh, by the way, you bring him into this whole thing. Once again, we saw what Joe Douglas said about him and how it's going to be this best thing to ever happen for him. But, uh, you know, my opinion is like, you gotta, you gotta get there. You gotta be at OTAs. That's what we were talking about off camera. So now, Aaron, are you is, gonna, are you gonna be at OTAs or not? Yeah, no, Aaron, J Mac, didn't you say Aaron is now committing to OTAs with the not Jets? Not fully committed, but it sounds like he expects to be here this summer during those events. That seems substantial. That seems like a big substantial news to me because he's not only he knows the offense. Let's him and Hackett best friends. He's got to teach the entire team and organization exactly how he wants it reminds me of Peyton Manning when he went to Denver he was amazing in in one Super Bowl and he went to Denver and he said hey listen we're going to work together I'm going to coach you up and it's going to look exactly how I want it to look like so the onus falls on all the Jets skill players now all the running backs all the tight ends all the receivers to really buy in it's not going to be hard to buy in with a first ballot Hall of Famer, four-time MVP, right? But it's going to look, it's going to be a little rocky. It always seems to be the, to, to start. But once they figure it out, I mean, their defense might have to carry them half the season till they get things going off. And and I think it, I think it'll be good. You know, I was talking with some people. I mean, you, you like them to win 11 games over under 11. It's, it's like, Hey, like that'd be a really good year. A couple games deep into the playoffs. Like that'll be great. But when you, when you trade what you traded for an 18 year veteran quarterback in New York, like, you better win. You better win now. This yeah. this isn't like a this isn't a four or five year plan. Like he's got two three years, and you better make it work. It better be like Tom Brady esque. Yeah, in Tampa. Yeah. So um, you've had Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, offensive coaches, Dennis Allen, uh, Brandon Staley, defensive coaches. So you know, I have said what worried me when Chicago hired Matt Eberflus. Not that he's not smart, mm-hmm. but a young. I do feel that offensive coaches. I mean, Brady said this about Belichick. Like, they just don't get the language. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important that Brandon Staley hired Shane Steichen, super bright, or inherited him. Yep. And then now he's going to get Kellen Moore. Yep. A lot of de- – so I think one of the things I look at, whoever Carolina drafts, you get Frank Reich. He's yeah. had Phillip. He's had Wentz. He's had Luck. I think you take me to your career. Offensive coaches for a quarterback, head coaches, the room's different. Oh, the room's completely different because the defensive coach I had, they don't even exist in the quarterback room. Now, Staley, Brandon Staley is different. 
he, he you know, uh, Patricia never, never came in whatsoever. Brandon Staley will come in. He's like, oh man, I'm, a, I'm the head guy. Finally, I can just do what I want. I could come sit in these meetings. Finally, like I'm right. not the uh, defensive coordinator. I'm not the outside linebacker coach in Chicago. Like he was there and involved, and it was actually like really cool. Is is different than any experience I've had. But with offensive coaches in general, the room, the room is different. And I and I was with Frank Reich for a year in 2016. He was the offensive coordinator in Philly, and and he is. So bright. It's so hard to explain to people that don't know Frank. He is such a bright mind, and and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Like when you have a head coach that has not only played in the league, but played the position, but played the position, and oh by the way, owns like two of the most dramatic, craziest comebacks in college and NFL history. Understands what it takes at an early age to be successful. Like that is a situation as a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, CJ, whoever that goes first. That's what I'm hoping for in being around. And then you look at the McCown, like the McCown hire, like that's amazing too. Like they are fully gearing up for a rookie quarterback to start and play well. And then Andy Dalton as well. Like it all seems yeah. to fit. They've done it right. Yeah, They've Carolina done it right. Carolina's done it right. They've done it right. They're truly, truly give believe. A, a total safety net. That's what worries me on Chicago. It's not that Eberflus can't coach. Yep. Defensive guys don't even talk the same language. No. They, they just don't. No. So um, I want to talk about Jordan Love. My prediction has been he's not a top eight guy because if he was, they wouldn't have signed. You'd have seen it already through two years of practice. Yep. You don't sign Aaron in March for the big deal. Yeah. He's also not going to be a total whiff or they wouldn't have moved off Aaron. So the size and the size is good. The mobility is good. Yeah. And he knows the culture. Um, J-Mac has pointed this out. All the video we get is underneath stuff. He's never <laughs> thrown it. between. We don't see anything yep. between the backers and the safeties. Yep. It's all flat underneath stuff. And it's, it's really a lot of guys. Vanilla. Hey, a lot of yeah. guys just can't make those throws. Yeah. What do you hear and what are your projections on him? Well, um, you know, first and foremost, like they wouldn't have traded Aaron Rodgers away if they didn't have belief in Jordan Love. So they have first to and believe foremost, it. they have to believe, and not and not only that, but you do not go out and sign a veteran quarterback that's a bridge guy either to let him compete. That's that's to me the most interesting thing. Like the whole offseason, it was going toward Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Like a lot. So in my mind. Uh, like I put on my agent hat, I'm like, all right, what quarterback is going to Green Bay? Is it Andy Dalton? Is it Case Keenum? Is it somebody? No, they have no one. No one. They, they don't have anyone. And so to me, that just tells me that the front office in Green Bay, they better get this right. They don't have anyone else. They're 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 really good offensively. And and now that offense, I will say, in general, like they're throwing slant flat. 90% of the time. And that's just that offense in general, play action stuff. And you, you know, you're showing it here. They played, he played really well in the Philly game. They have two good backs and a good old line. They'll run the ball. They'll run the ball and, and LaFleur will be great with it, but it's going to take some time. I, I don't think you're going to see, Hey, you set for two, three years. You're just going to see this Aaron Rodgers ascent. There's no way he's not that type of player, but he can be successful in the system. And sometimes good offensive coaches or head coach in this, in this situation can hide certain weaknesses of quarterbacks to make them their strength. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but the, the biggest tell to me that they love them is they didn't sign a veteran quarterback. Like that to me, like you knew Aaron Rodgers was going, at least sign a bridge. No, it's it's his job. So. Finally, you were undrafted, but you were the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2007. So you had a great college career, but you weren't tall enough. You didn't move enough, blah, blah, blah. So Brock Purdy took Iowa State and 
as a freshman, win, 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 he leaves, even with a good coach, yeah. they cave. Yeah. So when he got drafted, you, you're probably looking at it thinking, I know what he's going through. Nobody believes in this guy. He's a little shorter than you want. Yeah. Were you surprised how good he was? I mean, everyone was. If you're not, then you're not actually following the game. Like, you, you look at the Mr. Irrelevant pick, you're like, Brock Purdy, oh, okay. Like, he might not even make the team or whatever. And then he's the third guy. You know, you got Jimmy G, you got Trey Lance, and then all of a sudden he's hurt. He's the second guy, and all of a sudden, you know, Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy G's hurt. You're like, oh, he's starting, and he played amazing his first game. And you just kept hearing all this stuff come up, like, hey, in practice, he's been showing out. He's been the, – the situation's not too big for him. He's had really good practice reps. He's really – he's got a lot of swagger. To me, when I hear the word swagger, confidence around a quarterback, I get excited about it because – even if you don't believe it in your head, when you walk into the huddle, you got to have that swagger and that confidence for grown men, grown men to believe in you as a 21-year-old seventh-round pick. And so he earned that. Now, we got to see how his surgery goes, but I mean, I, I like, I, I, I love the way he plays the game. You look back and actually really study, which I've done, because I've done some stuff for NFL Network. I've done, I've studied his game. He's making tough throws. They're not just like underneath dink doink to, you know, they, they do have amazing skill players, right? Yeah. But he's throwing the ball down the field. He's, he's extending plays with his feet. He's fighting George Kittle, you know, all these people. Uh, and so I, I've been, you know, personally impressed with it. Now, you know, the only nerve is nothing to deal with um, in your elbow. And obviously he had surgery on it. And so how does that affect? How does it affect your grip? I mean, right when that happened in the, in the Philly game, I knew it because I, I suffered not like crazy like that, but in a Seattle game in preseason a couple of years ago, like I got hit right on the funny bone, right on the owner of, I could not grip a ball for a half. And it, it, and it went away finally, but like I knew exactly how he got hit, where he got hit, how he was holding it, the massage that they were doing, like right away you knew. It's like, oh man, like I really hope it's not torn, but we'll, we'll see how the rehab goes. But that's, that's a serious injury. Great stuff. Chase Daniel, been in this league, uh, free agent right now, 14 years, first time on the show. Love having you here. He's down in beautiful San Diego. It's great having you in, man. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us in. Appreciate you it. Bet. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.